And, uh, but let me just give you a warm welcome this morning. And uh, before I start, let me just say something. Your future is here now. Your future is here now. People spend all their life waiting on something to happen. But I'm going to show you from Scripture that you don't have to do that. Your future is here now. If you have a Bible, be it paper or electronic version, I'm going to be reading firstly from Ezekiel 36, 26. And my title is called A New Heart. A New Heart. Ezekiel 36, 26, it says... And I'm going to read three, three separate game-changing passages, laying a foundation for this message this morning. Ezekiel 36 says this mind-blowing, game-changing passage. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. If I read nothing else today than just the anointed word of God right there, that truth. If we stop the sermon now, and some of you are probably praying I do, it's mind-blowing. If you receive, hear that promise, receive that promise, and stand on it. Your future is here now. I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. John 4.14 begins to tell us, give us an insight to some of the explosive things that go on in that new heart. When you get a new computer, it's fantastic. Uh, when When... When you open it and you, you do the three things that you know to do, in my case, and then somebody else comes along and goes, boom, 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 boom. Usually a kid about nine and shows you what flows from that thing. And you're like, Phew. you go, show me how to do that. And, and they show you and you're none the wiser because they're so quick. And uh, they've learned how to do it, but they've never learned how to show you. <laughs> in John 4, 14, we open up this computer. We open up this heart. John 14, whoever drinks the water I will give him will never thirst. The water I give him will become in him a fount of water springing up to eternal life. You get a new heart, Stone one can't hold water, but you get a new heart. And then he takes that heart and he fills it with the water. And from that water and heart comes a spring. It's mind-blowing. And in John 7, 38, you could turn there. John 7, 38 says this. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, is a question. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of water. Three game-changing promises and passages. The game up to this point was played with stone and water that don't quench. That's how the game was played up to that point. And it was going nowhere. And God decides, and God, the greatest game changer ever, decides to change the rules of the game. He saw his people when their hearts had become like stone, desensitized to him and his presence and his people and their needs. And he saw you had to change the rules of the game. He gave them a new heart. 
and a new spirit. And he gave them water that you can't buy that quenches. And then he takes it further and said that that water is going to come like a spring, a fountain. Imagine you waking up tomorrow morning going, hold a minute. Is this true? Do I have a new heart? Do I have a new spirit? Is there a water in me that quenches that the thirsty are crying out for? And is it bubbling up like a fountain in a spring, ready to refresh anyone and everyone who comes into your presence? I'm going to share in a few moments probably one of the most mind-blowing stories I've ever heard of this river springing up and transforming businesses, hotels, and prostitute dens. God's intention from the beginning is that no one perishes. His intention from the beginning was that all the earth, including Muslims, shall hear about them. His intention was that all the earth shall experience and be filled with His glory. If you read the news, the Brexit news, the European news, the world news right now, you could easily think he has gone to sleep and the plan isn't working. But the fantastic news from the Word of God is that he never, ever intended anybody to be a slave of fear. I love that line in the song that says, your blood flows in our veins. Was that that, uh, that last one we sang, George? No more slaves. Your blood runs in our veins. Well, I want to take it a little further. How many people can honestly say, don't raise hands, that you wake up in the morning bursting with excitement because you got His blood flowing in your veins? But I want to take it further. It ain't just any ordinary blood that's flowing in your veins. It is royal blood of a royal king. And a royal blood has a royal anointing so that you could rule and reign in life. For he is promised, no matter what happens, your future is here now. In other words, if he died in the next second, you would rule and reign with him into eternity on his throne. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for that, if you don't mind. And God had to change the rules of the game. I'm using these words loosely, by the way, to communicate a very powerful truth. And he, had, he did that because he couldn't do that with what was on the menu. The menu was stone and water. That's it. That was what's available. Stone and water that don't quench. But God is raising up a people to rule and reign, and He has a game-changing plan to turn every person's world, to turn every town and city, every business, every nation on earth upside down for His glory. He's not the slightest distracted by world events, cares about them, weeps over them, but they don't set his plan back a second. He knows the beginning, and he knows the end. The whole purpose of taking us through desert times. Anybody know what a desert time feels like? Come on, a tough time 
a refreshing time, a distressing time, a delaying time, disappointing time. God will allow us to go through these times so he can get us to the place where he can flow through us with this refreshing river to any human being who has a need. The great thing is no one is beyond the grace of God. No one. No matter how far they've fallen, no matter how far they've gone, if they were turned to him and truly deeply repent. One man stood on this platform some time ago. In the years that we had the frenzy bands here, all kinds of bands were here. This young man was probably my favorite of all the bands that ever came. He was just so humble, loving family, loving kids. A whole crew of them came. And uh, I'm pretty sure he did frenzy as well. I'm just trying to mind what he all did when he was here. I think he may have been here more than once. Hadn't heard from him for a while. And I made that mistake that uh, people my age make. I woke up at 2.30 this morning. And uh, I clicked on that danger zone, Facebook. There was his name. And I just had a sense it was not all good. I said, how things have been since that day. Oh, he said, I fell off the wagon. I got divorced. I lost my kids. I ended back on drugs. I ended back on drink. I ended up in jail. And I've been in rehab four times. For one and a half hours, we talked back and forth this morning with the great news. God still cares. And I'm in faith for that man to take the stones that have come back onto his heart, off his heart, and for the river to flow in his life once again. How many of you heard of God Channel or seen God Channel TV? How many anybody here? There was a worldwide stushy when the head of God Channel fell off the wagon and disappeared maybe two years ago. Huge worldwide stushy. People queued up to judge him, including ministers in this nation. I've been hunting for him for two years. Only a few weeks ago, finally, we connect. And do you know what? The river is working again in his heart. The stones he allowed to come into his heart and break up his family and break up this and break in that, he slowly and timely on his way back. And I don't have one ounce of judgment for the man or nobody because no one is beyond the grace of God if they truly, truly return to him and repent. Let's give thanks to God for that. That's what can happen when the river of the Holy Spirit begins to flow. But you all know when God gives you that heart, it is a challenge to keep woodworm, dry rot, wet rot, and every other thing the devil can throw at your heart to return it to a heart of stone. You see, the devil has only really got one game from the beginning. It's called the Game of Thrones. Anybody heard of Game of Thrones before? <laughs> it wasn't enough to be heading up the worship band in heaven. It wasn't enough to be the big chief of the worship band. He wanted the bigger chief's seat. He wanted the throne. Charles Spurgeon mentioned about the stone of destiny. He's quite tickled that kings were coronated. And the stone, he talks about the stone of destiny at Skun Palace. He talks about how the devil is the king. 
He's the king of the stone heart. And his game of thrones is to get on everybody's throne and put whatever he can put on that throne. It can be as much as a little disappointment, a little letdown, a little hope deferred. Anything he can do to turn our hearts back to stones of destiny. The king of the stone heart never rests. Hence, we're instructed in Scripture to guard your hearts. This is one of the most beautiful favors you can ever do for yourself. That is to guard your heart and let the peace of God rule in it. If you allow anything, anything, and it's the hardest, I personally find it the hardest thing ever to do, sometimes two, sometimes three, sometimes four, five in the morning, a little thing comes in, and before you know it, that heart that was full of peace, that heart was just in the presence of God and rivers flowing, before you know it, the trouble is flowing, a distress is flowing, a pain is flowing, a worry is flowing. And uh, one of the greatest things you can do is allow the Holy Spirit to process deeply your heart till it comes to the place where it can be completely free from anything that turns it to stone or removes its peace. But God, the game changer, had something up his sleeve for each one of us. He knew that no human stained heart could contain his pure power, his pure presence, and his pure glory. He had to give us a brand new heart. The one who comes to Jesus, the Bible says, and believes, is wonderfully set free. Their heart of stone is removed from them, and they're giving God's heart, which feels which beats, which is sensitive to the presence of God, sensitive to your brothers and sisters, and sensitive to the suffering and the lost. How do you know when your heart's stone? You know it when you lose that sensitivity to the presence of God, to your friends, and to those who are suffering and in need. Now, here's where it gets really exciting. Your future is here now. Luke 17, verse 21, takes it further, and it says this. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Your future is here now. The kingdom that you get to rule and reign on the throne into eternity, you're not waiting for. Some people, you know, used to sing these old songs, you know, in the sweet by and by down by the rivers of Babylon. And when I get there, you don't have to wait. The kingdom, in other words, God's presence and his rule and his reign and authority, he says, is in you, and it's in you now, and it has no limits whatsoever to what it can do. Come and say amen. Revelation 1.6 says this, that God has made you and I to be a kingdom of kings and priests to serve our God and Father to him be glory forever and ever. What he's saying in this is that if you have a heart of stone, every situation I'm about to describe is going to defeat you. But if you have a new heart, the heart of the living God, he's promised and placed in you, then you win no matter what happens. You win 
no matter what happens. So someday, you go home today, someday burns your house down. You praise God and want your neighbor's house, and they're still alive. It's your house, and it was empty, and material things can be replaced. Someday, rips the tires on your motorcycle, your brand new motorcycle, the heart of stone immediately thinks of who to blame. The heart of flesh, the heart of God goes, well, I'm so glad that didn't happen to somebody that didn't notice, and they get killed. You see, with a stone heart, you respond. With a new heart, you act out of what pleases God and blesses the heart of God. With a stone heart, you react. With the heart of God, you act out of a kingdom choice. Romans 8, 28 says, what do we say then in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Will he not also with him graciously give, any, give us all things? Who will bring charge against those that God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Did you guys not enjoy that Jesus song that George finished the worship with today? Christ Jesus is at the right hand of God. He's praying for you. What makes us think we're going to lose in any situation? What makes us panic in any situation? What makes us worry in any situation? We know Muhammad Ali and Jose Marino think they're the greatest, but we know that they can do one thing. Dunk. But the king backs up his talk with action. Here it gets better because not only is the future here now, you win in every situation. You win in every situation. Here's how it goes. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You see, there's a list coming up here. And with the old rules of the game, you were dead. You had it. When nakedness showed up, you had no hope. When trouble showed up, who could you turn to? You could be defeated. When hardship came, it's tough. When persecution came, when famine came, when danger came, and especially when the sword came, chances are you're going to lose. But the fantastic, amazing, biblical truth is very simply this. No, with a new heart, you win every single time, no matter what comes your way. Because even if it takes your physical life, the truth is you still are going to rule and reign with Christ on his throne into eternity forever and ever and ever. This is biblical truth. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. With a stone heart, you're going to react when trouble comes. You're going to react when you see things on Facebook that upset you. You're going to react when hardship comes. You're going to react when persecution comes. But God don't want you to go back to the old rules and the old heart. He wants you to rise up and go, well, I don't see it right now. 
But I know my God wins every single time. And no matter what you've been through or you're going through right now, I have great news for you. God has a new heart for you and a new spirit you. But there's a condition. There is a condition. And the truth of the matter is, it's a condition. In the book of Matthew, in the book of Timothy, it says that if you overcome to the end, if you endure to the end, you will ruin with him in eternity. In other words, if you will keep the stones off your thrones, if you keep the stone of disappointment, the stone of gossip, the stone of argumentation, the stone of pride, the stone of deferred hopes. And hey, guys, I'm not talking to anybody here right now other than myself because I'm a master of letting all of those things at some point take the throne. I'm saying this to bring encouragement and freedom and new hope that you can't lose if you don't quit. There was a young man climbed to a high building you just can't let a week like this go by without one Cassius Clay clip, can you? Come on, guys. You can't. You can't. I know he was a nutter, but um, I like some nutters. Check out this clip, what happened when this young man couldn't see a way forward. Thank you. president but Muhammad Ali was never your garden variety champion of all the world yesterday in Los Angeles he responded like a give us plenty of volume guys distraught man threatened suicide Terry Drinkwater reports from a ledge nine floors above Wilshire Boulevard the hooded man shouted I'm no good I'm going to jump the Viet Cong are coming at me police a psychologist and a minister had all but given up trying to change the despondent man's mind when Mohammed Ali, who happened to be nearby, volunteered to talk to him. The former heavyweight champion went to a window and reportedly yelled, I'm your brother, I want to help you. Recognizing Ali, the man finally opened the fire escape door and Ali approached him on the ledge. It was a very tense 20 minutes. Several times it looked as though Ali was going to fail. Then, suddenly it was all over. The man, Ali said later, began to weep. He was taken to the psychiatric ward of a veteran's hospital. The former champ promised to visit him there later this week. Terry Drinkwater, CBS News, Los Angeles. Yeah, that's all right. Another life saved one way or another. One way or another. You know, when you and I were in that stone place, and we didn't know which way to turn, and we didn't know where to jump or not. Another man came along and said the same thing. Jesus said, I'm your brother. I'm your brother. You got a brother like Jesus, you got nothing in the world to worry about it. Very quickly, I want to fire through three things, three game changers about where we go from here. I read a report of one of um, the great conferences in Europe and uh, great worship happening at all these great conferences and we've all been, uh, most of us have been there and it's fantastic. But the comment made me think, it said it was great to be in the presence of God. It was great to be in the presence of God. And this thought came to me. It is time to stop 
seeking the presence of God and start carrying it. <coughs> it's a game changer, guys. It's a radical game changer. If you and I had a clue how much the presence of God, this river of water of the Holy Spirit that God has put in us, and he's put in us, he's put it in us so that water from heaven could come through you and touch earth like the guy hanging off the building. Now, what would happen if we no longer went chasing the presence of God? By that, I don't mean in going to conferences because you go there for many different reasons, friendship, fellowship, build. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't like... There's always a thing when you say something as a kickoff or, or, or a misunderstanding. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what if we woke up and realized the future is here now? He's put a heart in me, a brand new one. He's put a spirit in me. The spirit is a fountain rising up. The spirit is living, fresh water. And what if we carried that? Now, I believe this. I believe this, that we're going to take this presence of God into the workplace, into our business, into our coffee shops, wherever we are. And we're going to ask, okay, presence of God, what are you here for? What do you want to do here? And when you obey, you're going to see transformation in hotels, workplaces, businesses like you cannot believe. And that is what I'm working on like crazy behind the scenes with the Kingfisher Globe, which I'm changing the name to Globe, is to inspire people here and around the world that they are transformers of culture, of cities, of lives, of families, and nations, wherever they go. One young man in the Philippines was a consultant to a business that 1,200 hotel rooms. The rooms were used five times a day by 3,000 prostitutes in the Philippines. He heard this. He didn't hear me preaching. He heard this notion. And decided enough is enough. I'm carrying enough presence of God. I'm going to take it into my workplace and see it radically transformed like you cannot believe. Elma and I have seen this in the worst prisons on the earth. We've seen this with our own eyes. So it's not poppycock stories we're sharing. But what he did was he went to his workplace and he made a declaration. He took the presence of God to the hotel chain. This is what he said. The kingdom of God has come now to my business and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The kingdom of God has come to my business. Imagine you go to office tomorrow, your workplace, or whoever you meet clients, or your coffee shop, or you meet with grandchildren, or whatever. Whatever environment you enter and you declare, the kingdom of God is within me. And wherever I place my foot, it's there. It's here. Imagine you going, the kingdom of God has come to this place. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What do you want to do here, God? What do you want to do here? The upshot of that prayer, of carrying up the presence of God, went through that hotel chain like crazy. And now, I believe it's 90% of the 2,000 staff in those hotels are now have new hearts filled with the Spirit, rivers of living water, and transforming the workplace in the Philippines. And that's just one of a hundred stories I could give you where it's happening. Let's give glory to God for that, guys. Come on. 
please, 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 please don't underestimate the anointing of the living God that's in you. Don't underestimate the royal blood that flows in you. You may not look royal. You may not feel royal. You may not think in royal. You may be just feeling, well, I've been rejected. I've been defeated. But I want to encourage you today. He gave you a new heart. And sure, a few stones have come along and, and done some damage and bruising. But today, I want to prophesy, your future is here now. The past is over. Can we applaud that one, guys? Come on. We're just, you don't have to applaud if you don't want to. It's fine. <coughs> I'm working with some young men at the moment. They've asked me for to encourage them. This week in the process of buying property in the center of Edinburgh. But the real intention, it's a stepping stone to buy every sauna parlor and brothel in the capital of our country. That's the goal. That's the vision. And turn them into kingdom houses that bring honor to Jesus Christ. You might want to applaud that for these young men. These young men have got some faith. We've already identified the first prostitute then. Identified the first parlor identified the first place because when you take the presence of God when you take the presence of the devil into community the whole community around it goes downhill to that level you take these gentlemen's clubs for the want of a worse name you take some of these things into a place and it just attracts all kinds of demonic activity and the whole place goes down. But when you carry the presence of God into this place and declare this is the capital of Scotland, this city belongs to the king. We know it's the pretend capital and this is the real one, but by the by, it's exciting days, guys. When you discover, you don't have to wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow is here now. And you're carrying a presence. And I pray the Holy Spirit could open our eyes today to see the power in that presence. The power in that presence. You can walk into places and all of a sudden you become sensitized by the power of the Holy Spirit. You pick up a need, you pick up a pain, you see a problem. But this guy did something freaky. He said, okay guys, I want you to show, I want you to preach the gospel with your actions. You're not allowed to use your mouth. Freak them out because they want to they want to just get in there and preach, but he banned them. Because the Bible says, by your love for one another, by your example, by your character, shall we know. And they're like, we're going to stop this using words, and the actions don't bad up. So um, he challenged them to transform, have the character so transformed and their heart so renovated that it would impact the people that way. Three of them couldn't do it and start preaching, so he fired them. I'm not saying what's right and wrong here. I'm just telling what happened. It's hilarious, to be honest with you. But the point was good. He wanted them to be so in love with Jesus and the actions to be so humble and serving and loving, he didn't want them to just use words in case they blew it. Wonderful. So the first thing, and two quick ones, we've got to get through this five minutes. We've got to switch from being seekers and chasers to being carriers. And I want to challenge everyone, you wake up tomorrow morning, you go to your doctor's office, you go to your business, you go to the coffee shop, declare the kingdom has come. That's it. Thy kingdom has come. You rule and reign in this place. What do you want to do now? The second thing is this. Dig deeply daily. 
dig deeply daily. In other words, dig deep in the Word of God, dig deep in the worship, and invite the Holy Spirit to renovate your heart deeply every single day. When it says guard your heart, man, that's a 24-7. It's just so easy. I love the, the Muhammad Ali quote where he talked about it's the stone in your shoe that does the damage. You only need one little stone in your heart enough to get you ranting and raving for the day or get you this, get you that. And the problem with it is not, not that you're having a rant as somebody. No, the problem is you could be using that breath. You could be using that energy to ask God, who needs a drink today? Who needs a drink today? Who is dry? Who is in pain? Who is in need? And let God flow through you. So I want to encourage you, let God renovate every part of you. Let him renovate your Facebook. If there's this one single thing offensive to him and his presence on your Facebook, then blow it up. If there's anything going on offensive in your heart or whatever, blow it up. It's just not worth it for the river to be turned off or turned to poison waters. So switch off, guys. Switch off every little stone, every little argumentative spirit, every little gossip, every little juicy thing, every little, every little thing. Just get the stones at your shoes. Dig deep every day and say, God, when I arrived on Friday night to the youths, I knew the presence of God was going to show up before I got there. My aim was to carry it, but when I got there, I was shocked it was there already. There was kids outside crying. There was kids in here crying before we even started singing a song. When we sang the songs, they cried some more. When I spoke, they cried even more. When they left, they were crying. But I want to encourage us, guys, when this river flows, there's an explosion. It's not all milk and honey. When the day of Pentecost and the river of God flowed and touched every one of them like a flame of fire, within seconds, the devil was at work kicking off. Uh, these guys, these guys have been on the bevy. Nine o'clock in the morning. Must have been at the spa shop last night. Actually, is that old school? Is there such a thing as a spa shop now? There's not. Shows you my age, eh? That's bad. They're all corpse now, no, honey. Anyway. Any revival situation and any time I've seen show God show up in power, there's a kickoff. Because there's a clash between light and darkness. The devil don't like him. He's not going to give up his people easy. He wants to keep them on his game of thrones. So vine church, get ready for it. The visitation of God is coming. The river is coming. It's coming. It's flowing. And it's going to reach lost, broken, hurting, needy, desperate people. But there'll be a kickoff. And we've got to be ready for that because... The devil can kick all he likes as long as you don't let fear or any stone back into your hearts. And uh, the final thing I want to say is this. Pass it on. Pass it on. You know, the devil is defeated. You've heard that repeatedly from here by the blood. And what you pass on, your testimony. Everybody loves to give testimony in church. Well, most people do. I do. And that's good. But that's not what the testimony is for. <laughs> the testimony is to defeat the devil. And so it needs to go where the devil is. And when God blesses you in your home or in your family and and I just want to encourage us strongly. 
I'm wandering back to a previous point a little bit here, but it's so important. Because so many people think if the worship's right, if I get into the right environment or the right church or the right Bible, then the presence of God will be strong. And why it's so important to carry the presence of God. 25 years ago, I read a book by a little monk called Brother Lawrence. And he radically changed the game for me. And in that little book, Practice the Presence of God, he taught me how to experience the presence of God everywhere. The problem is now I get confused sometimes because I experience the presence of God in all the places I'm not supposed to. My mama, good old Pentecostal, you don't read newspapers, go to the cinema, the devil's in there, the devil lives in a bottle of whiskey. Everything was the devil, pocket of cars, everything, everything. So the chances of me experiencing the God anywhere outside a, a holy woolly setting was nil. But strange things begin to happen. And it happened last night again. Somebody sent me a little song, a guitar riff by... I think it was Dave Gilmore playing a song called When My Guitar Gently Weeps. I think it may have been Aaron Clapton's song. I thought, will I listen to her or not? Man alive, I sat to her and I cried. And I cried. I cried. The presence of God was so strong in a dark room, listening to blues, and then I'm, I'm like, oh, you're supposed to be, you know, clean face, had a shower in church to experience this stuff. I still have a little rest on my head because it happens to me all over the place. I'm not trying to pretend I'm some holy wally. It doesn't happen every minute, every day. I'm not trying to exaggerate this thing, but it keeps showing up in places I was told a little boy that it's never going to show up. And I wait because I thought no one, no one could play a guitar like that, unless God did something right when he was in the mother's womb. That, if that's not art, if that's not God, then I don't know what God is. It was so good, so awesome, and so beautiful. And that can be the same for a little child painting a drawings at Blair Hall Primary School when I asked the six-year-olds, did they believe in God? They said, no. I said, well, what, can you draw that God you don't believe in? Sure. It was brilliant. Every single one of them drew the most fantastic, fantastic pictures of the God they, they were told not to believe in. <laughs> and the presence of God in that little place. Right now, there's no reason why. You don't have to wait till the music's right, the lights are right, nothing. There's no reason why you, right where you're sitting, even as I speak, go, just come, Lord. Just come and just begin to drink of the presence of God right there. I, I, I get taken to bars and all kinds of places, and I walk in. The presence of God is so strong. I know he wants me to talk to somebody, and most times I just want to hide in the corner, but he's like, no. In stadiums, whether it's rock concerts or football, I often find myself in tears, which has nothing to do with watching Dunfermline Athletic. I just see the masses. I just see the masses. And then I see them through Jesus' eyes. And again, I'm not trying to be some super spiritual. I'm just saying what happened. I'm just trying to, I'm not trying this stuff. I'm just trying to enjoy the game like everybody else. And sometimes I'm like, oh, not now, Lord. Not allowed. Let me get my bridey first and my bovro and then me, who can do that presence thing in the second half. They're getting beat 3-1 again. But time and time and time again, People, God shows up in a little piece of art, a little handcraft, a little, a little cup of tea somebody gives you, a little homeless person right there, a little in a business talk, in a classroom, whatever it is. The presence of God is not limited to one hour in a Sunday morning. You are a carrier of the presence of God. And I prayed when I came in here on Friday night that I would not be desensitized to his presence and the needs of the kids. Fine church, before we finish, let me just say this. I've never, 
I've been in the worst prisons in the world. I've been in disaster areas where they're burying thousands of bodies a day. But I have never, ever experienced what I experienced here on Friday night. I've never seen kids, young kids, in so much pain, so much distress, so much suffering, so much so that I tried everything I could to help them, and a good number came and said thanks, and 17 put their hands up and invited God into their life. But, but I left distraught because the havoc has been caused in young people now is on a whole new level and scale. One little girl came out. She won a little competition. I looked at Stephen. I, I said, this could be Amelia. This could be your daughter. This could be your granddaughter. This could be your neighbor's daughter. This could, this kid, look at this kid. We got to engage with this kid like it's the kid's ours. And you do your best and, and even your best even the very best I did fell far short because some of them went home even more upset when they came and distressed. And what I'm saying, guys, is we have a battle on our hands because the Game of Thrones king is working like crazy on the kids today like I've never experienced in all my days. But here's the news, guys. We win. We win if we take the presence of God in there. He's going to do it. If you let that spring rise up in you, he's going to do it. If you let the river flow from you. And so we need to never, ever tell you to bring anybody to church. We need never, ever to do that. We do it, but we need never... We just need to say, take the presence to the place, let the river flow, and they'll come flooding with you like you cannot believe. I ask your favor, and if you already do this and you're feeling misjudged, then let me apologize. Make the switch if you've not already done so. from being a seeker to being a carrier. God has put royal blood in you, a sprinkle, a fountain in you. Your future is here now. And all around us, there are thousands and thousands of little kids and people of all ages who are just crying out, who are so thirsty, they're so dried up, they're so beat up. All they want is one drink of what you got. And you got the fountain. The fountain. The fountain of life in you. And you might think, well, you know, I only got a little drop left in that fountain. Oh, take it from the widow with her oil. Just take that little drop and just begin to pour. Just begin to pour. Just begin to pour. Just begin to pour. It's okay, guys. The carpet's waterproof. <laughs> At my age, I shouldn't really do that. I need to go to the bathroom now. Just begin to pour. And as you do, the presence of God the love of God, the river of God will flow in you once again as you remove stone after stone after stone. Let's stand in the presence of God. George, can you sing that last song again for us, please? Why don't you um, face that wall, everybody, for a minute and get, get a good stretch. Could everybody just face that wall, reach your hands out and take the two little muscles on the neck behind you. And after me, just, let's just, just a little blessing for the person. Uh, ten times squeeze. Don't kill them now. Ten squeezes. One, two, three, 
four. You, you got my permission to kill himself. Now, on you come, you come. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Turn around, face the other way. One, two, three. Why don't we leave the way we came in with our eyes on Jesus? All right, give somebody a high five, guys. Bless them. Let the anointing flow. Let the anointing flow. Anointing flow. Okay. <coughs> okay, let's go. How many have never heard this song before? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. How many have never? Raise your hand high so I could see you. You've literally never heard of it. You've never heard of it before. That, that, that's fine. It's a, it's a, it's a we go all day, but it's great anointed song. Come on, let's. If you want to raise your hands high, you can feel free to feel free to keep your hands in your pocket if you want, or lie down. But let's take a couple of minutes and press in to the well, the fountain of life, Jesus Christ Himself. And if there's a stone or two you may want to get rid of. That little hope deferred, that disappointment, that bit of this, that bit of that, that bit of argumentation, that little bit of betrayal. And when I say that, I'm thinking the, the people I betrayed, I'm not thinking, you know, who's betrayed me. But that's okay to do that too if you, you need to do that. Whoever you need to forgive, this is a moment to get the stone of unforgiveness back where it belongs in the pit of hell. And free up your heart, guys. Free up your heart. Free up your heart until peace reigns again. Your future is here now. Your future is here now. The kingdom is within you. A new soft heart and a new spirit. Forgive us, Lord. We give you stones. Don't let these rolling stones roll over our tombs ever again. We're rolling away the stone, God. Forgive us as we forgive those. Forgive us as we forgive those, God. Remove every stone. Take away the desensitization and give us that heart of flesh back again this day, God. Remove that heart that, that just got a little de desensitized to your presence. A little bit desensitized to my neighbors and friends. A little bit desensitized to the lost who are suffering and on the way to hell. And give us a hunger back for your presence, God. A hunger back for your people. And a hunger back for the broken and the lost and the suffering and the dying. Give us back the river of God. Give us back the river of your Holy Spirit. Let the fires burn in our hearts once again, O oh God. Let the fire burn again, God. The fire of your Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> we worship you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus.
on, let's, let's, let's do business with God for a minute or two. Let's do business. Come on, let's do business. Do business with God. Clear your throne. Clear the throne in your heart. Clear it completely. Let peace return. Let hope return. Let joy return. Let His presence return. Just keep playing that quietly, George. Can we just join hands? I know they do it at football, so they do it at rugby. It's no big deal. We don't need to embarrass. Right across the aisles. Why don't we just join hands? Right across the aisles. Let's just join hands for a minute. We're going to close. The Bible says when God gets unity, when his people are one, his presence flows like oil down Aaron's beard. Just join hands. And for the next minute, just begin to pray for the person on your right and the person on your left, that God would bless them, that God would fill them with a fresh hope, fresh faith, a fresh river of the Holy Spirit, a fresh river of the presence of God. Come on, pray for the person on your left and pray for the person on your right. Just take a minute, come on. Just pray, begin to believe, river flowing, rivers flowing, rivers flowing in every heart once again, rivers of new hope, the kingdom is within you, your future is here now, you have the anointing, you have the power, you have the presence. You only need to go and to pray. God will do the rest. Fill every person. Fill every single person. Fill every single person, God. Let it be a new day. A new day of the presence of the living God. Deliver us from the one hour mentality, Lord. And would you open up a whole new world where we can experience your presence doing the dishes. We can experience your presence hoovering the carpets. We can experience your presence listening to music, making a, something, painting something, doing something beautiful, singing a song, talking to kids, adults, elderly, whatever. Lord, would you help us cultivate and practice being carriers of the presence of the living God. You said we are your temples. We are your temples and you filled us. If we do nothing else to the day we die, help us, oh God, to practice your presence and cultivate your presence and experience your presence in every single situation. In the name of Jesus, of Nazareth with every hand raised high let's say amen and amen and amen let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ him 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 give him all the glory thanks George and guys great thanks guys at the back before you go I'd like to see all the synergy guys in the corner here for five minutes and if there's some of them missing outside away give them a shout just a five-minute encouragement in the corner and then I'm meeting some of the guys at one o'clock in the boardroom. Thank you guys. God bless you and have a great day. Thanks guys.